podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. State of mind. My name is Laura Bradburn and I'm joined as always on this most glorious of Fridays by Jim Orr. How you doing Jim? Good Laura, thanks. And uh, I don't know if you'll have heard of this guy before but we've got another guest on the show. Um, I, I wanted to call you a podcast mogul but I don't actually know what a mogul is so I probably shouldn't call you names without knowing exactly what it means but I'm joined uh, by Paul John Dykes. How you doing Paul? I'm good, Laura, whatever you call me, I have definitely been called worst on Twitter, so feel free to call me a mogul if you desire. <laughs> or Tony Haggerty Light, there you go. There you go. Tony Haggerty Light, wow. I'm, yeah, the I'm the sub. We're expecting you to make his greet today, Paul, that's, that's yeah. the minimum requirement if Tony's not yeah. here. That's the remit, yeah. <laughs> Tony is, of course, covering um, the My dog just died, excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's covering the pre-match presser today, which uh, is um, where he's obviously most at home with all his years' experience in journalism. But we will uh, we'll move on without him and see um, how we get on. Uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us today on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, wherever you are joining us. Um, I don't know if you managed to tune in the other night, but we had quite a big victory over um, the team across the city. Rangers, of course, the other night, a 3-0 victory, and that will take up the majority of the show today. We'll also got into some transfer rumours involving some players. Um, and my main worry after that Rangers game is that the world was watching and that there might be a, a Monaco-style um, picking at the carcass at the end of the season. But maybe I'm panicking a little bit too much, but we'll get into it. Paul, I'll come to you first. Um, what was your thoughts on the game? I believe you, I may be mistaken, but I believe you had a ticket to the game this week. So um, how was it, for the for, for first of all, given that you've not been able to make it to many matches this season because of your other commitments? What was it like to be there for a night like that? Uh, basically a glory hunter, eh? You know, just wait until the big games come along and then we'll yep. rock up. Fun. Yeah, that's it. Um, I love... Everything about going, I always have done uh, driving up London Road and seeing the the paradise, you know, the figure just appearing on the horizon. That whole thing was giving me a buzz as it always does. But in the same vehicle was young Kelvin, who I think, you know, you've met him. Uh, Mm -hmm. Kelvin's the man behind the camera, if you like, with uh, a Celtic state of mind. And he had never been inside Celtic Park. He'd been up there filming with a few different things we were working on, one of which actually is the Willie Mealy Memorial statue that we're raising funds for, and we're helping the Willie Mealy um, CSC and raising funds for that. So I loved every minute of it, Laura. I went into it, interesting enough, quite confident. And that's right. unusual because I never go into these games. Even, you know, there was a spell, I suppose, under Brennan Rogers, where it was how many were you going to win by? There was a wee spell, maybe a wee bit arrogant at the time, but we had a great side and they didn't. But going into this one, I did think Wednesday night was the night to get that monkey off her back. Um, I didn't expect it with, with so much panache, but I was absolutely, I'm still buzzing about it, to be honest with you. I think you might have got that yesterday when JP and I were on, we're just buzzing about that. But then straight away, you're looking on it in the next game. 
I think that's probably what Ange will be doing as well. Right, we've, we've enjoyed it. Let's get back to business. Let's take care of business on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, speaking of buzzing about it, I don't know if anybody managed to catch my solo half-time coverage of the game uh, when Kevin over in Hungary was having trouble getting on. I was basically buzzing after that third uh, Abada goal. I was high as a kite, and I don't even know to this to this day what came out of my mouth. <clears throat> Hopefully nothing too embarrassing, apart from obviously comparing Rio Hitati to Paul Scholes, but that is my... That is what I do. That is that is what I do, and I never learn. Jim, you've told me before, don't go on the match coverage. I get myself far too excited. <laughs> indeed, yeah, indeed. <laughs> Jim, you Laura, were there. Laura, can I to interrupt? I heard yeah. someone. I heard someone at the game comparing Hatati to schools. So you're yes. not the only one. I, you're not the only one. Thank you very much. I, uh, I yeah, he's basically schools is um, sort of. Another way of saying an all-round midfielder, but we'll get into Hatati and some of the other standout performances as the show goes on. Jim, you were there, obviously, um, as a season ticket holder yourself. Um, first of all, your overall impression of the game and, and you know what were your feelings going into it and how, how did it turn out for you? I do think to follow on from Paul's point, the atmosphere was fantastic. I think a few weeks ago we were thinking, nobody will be this game. I mean, and then you go along the other night, 60,000 under the lights and when they do it a bit where they black the whole thing out and they put the green spotlight on the team and that's just kind of pure theatre so it's mm. uh, and I think that's the way forward I'd have home fans only if it was up to me <laughs> I think they started it with a reduced allocation of it. but I, I just thought the atmosphere obviously the way we played and we won the game added to it but I thought just before the game the kind of and you'll never hear a better rendition of you never walk alone it lasted forever and uh, I just think everyone was up for it and everyone was like like Paul said, was all kind of buzzing for the game, and I think, I think the fact it was all home fans because, uh, you know, having been to a lot of these games over the years, when I mean, the atmosphere's not that great at these games, it's you know the fans shouting and bawling to each other, and a lot of the focus is taken off the pitch, and all the bedlam that happens outside the ground. So, one of the things I took from the other night, I'd, I'd gladly have all the games home fans only, uh, Celtic Park <laughs> and Ibrox. Uh, notwithstanding that, I think. Uh, uh, we come out, we, we, we come out really quickly. Uh, my my concerns going into the game are twofold: keep the wingers quiet and uh, defensive pieces. And uh, and I thought Juranovic and Taylor that was a lot of the both of their best games there in a Celtic jersey. Uh, Carter Vickers, Starfield didn't give them much at the back. I thought set pieces we defended very high with a very high line, which made it more difficult for them as well. Uh, I never caught the podcast yesterday, but I'd imagine, you know, there's, there's, there's not much more you can say about that first half. It was just mm. fantastic first half. Shame we didn't score a few more goals from a goal difference point of view, because obviously they, they would have counted double, given the fact we're playing against them. Uh, before the game, I kind of thought the first goal was a winner. I thought who would score first would win the game, and if they scored it early enough, they'd win it quite well. And then, fortunately, we get the goal and, and things panned out well. Second half, that understandable, given the intensity of the first half. Uh, but it would have been good to go along and maybe one score four or five. Uh, that would have really dented their confidence. But mm. you know, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's just three points. I think you have to look at it, and I think also the fact that they had no fans in the game. It, it, it to me, it seemed like not 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 any other game, but like most games where you've got virtually sixty thousand Celtic fans there. It's a big game. You're, you're playing against your closest rivals, uh, but it's three points at the end of the day. And Paul alluded to there, uh, it's nothing if you don't go and pick up three points on Sunday against Motherwell. So mm -hmm. it's good to be top of the league. I think it's the first time we're on the podcast where we've been top of the league, so it's a bit unusual. Uh, I feel quite giddy uh, to be top of the league. So I'm always that negative old bloke. So I'm feeling quite confident. I said, I was on a fortnight ago, that I thought if we won the derby, we were going to win the league. But I thought at that point we might get to within two points of them. The fact that we're mm -hmm. top of the league, uh, you think, wow, you know, let's just go on and kick on from here. Mm. Yeah, it's, there's there's a few interesting points brought up there, but just want to say afternoon to everybody, feed the bear, uh, commenting as always, everybody afternoon, afternoon to everybody watching, getting the comments and give us your thoughts on the game if you haven't already done so this week. Um, Paul, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that point that Jim raised and I think a worry that was going through all of our heads. Obviously, Hatati scored that um, that that goal in five minutes and you know there was part of us that was wishing for you know us to really put the foot down and go through Rangers and, and really dominate them for the rest of the match and um, 
But as always happens with Celtic, we, we got loads of chances for for a big portion of the first half. Alan McGregor looked as if he was going to prove the difference. Was there a bit of you throughout that first half that thought maybe maybe this is going to go the way so many of the games have gone in the past? Maybe they're going to ride their luck a little bit and, and, and get a chance later on in the game? Well, you know this, Laura, I'm, and I'm not saying this just with hindsight, but I, I was really relaxed in that first half. And um, it's interesting when you look at the the 10 minutes or so before we score the second goal, I found that probably the, the nervy bit of the night. That was the mm-hmm. bit where I'm thinking, you know, we can't really go in at one nothing because we're so dominant. And I expected changes at half time, and I expected the changes to shore up Rangers. I didn't expect any of the changes that, that they were going to make uh, would be um, offensive or creative in the slightest. If anything, they were just going to try and shore us up. So when we score the second goal, I'm thinking that's far more in keeping with the game I've just watched at half time. And of course, we get the third. But I've got to say, and it wasn't cockiness. I just going into that game, I felt that we had already done our scraping through bit in the games leading into it. And then, you know, the flip side of that with regards to the form that Rangers had been on, they had dropped a few points. We kept saying it, someone is going to get uh, Inverness clack the cudden, I think Tony Haggerty calls it. <laughs> and eventually, seeing how I'm sitting in Tony's seat, I better use some of his terminology. And at set and a half time, I was thinking at that point, like Jim, um, and there's been occasions in the past like this, I, w- I was thinking we need to take five. But again, this season, we've been in that situation at 2 nothing up at half time, and it stayed 2 nothing, or, or maybe even 2-1 by the end of the game. But I rewatched it, which is something that our very own Jim Moore has suggested that you do with regards to the games, because the emotion is, is gone by then. Uh, only slightly gone uh, when it's Rangers. So I did rewatch it. And in the second half, maybe at the game, I thought to myself that <clears throat> once again, is it a point of discussion that we've taken the foot off the gas? Or And actually watching it back, I don't think our tempo changed a great deal. I really don't mm. think the tempo, we just didn't create the chances, but that may well be down to some of the changes that were made on the other side. Van Bronckhorst obviously made substitutions at half time. He's maybe changed the game plan at half time, Laura, and he's basically blocked out uh, a lot of the creativity that, that we undoubtedly had. But I don't think it was just a game of we were brilliant in the first half and we managed it in the second. Mm. I, I really, you know, watching the game back, I still thought we maintained that, that kind of uh, tempo. And I can't wait for the those who are on the injury table uh, to come back because we're going to have a, a substitutes bench, which means that the tempo will not dip. You know, mm. come 60, 65, 70 minutes, we'll have Maeda to come on. We'll have, you know, Kyogo, I'm sure we'll start. We'll have Rogic to come into the side. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking back to a game. I'm trying to find it. Often on the, on the bulletin, Laura, I'm sitting in front of Celtic Wiki. So a big shout out to the work that the guys do in the Celtic Wiki. I'm trying to find a similar uh, chain of events. And I'm sure my mates um, and I went to a game where we won 3-0 under Lenny at, uh-huh. a, at a canter. And we went to Fur Park and they beat us. I think Charlie Mulgrew um, messed up a pass back in the first five minutes. So I'm going to get the, the specifics of those two games because that, that is in the back of my mind. Yeah. Let's, let's take care of Motherwell now on Sunday. I have a vague recollection of that because I think I was at the 3-0 game. Uh, maybe Chris Common scored in that game. I don't know. He um, did die at Bent. Remember the swerve yeah. on it? Aye. Yeah, same game. I, I was mm-hmm. I was the, behind the goal that game. Um, but uh, you've got some listeners agreeing with you. I have to say, Paul Byrne uh, on YouTube says, I have to say I like this starting 11. It's going to be weird putting in Roger Schmeida or even Turnbull and Kyogo at some point. What great problems to have. Also got people slightly disagreeing. Red Scotland says he only relaxed when the third goal went in. Um, but given the point that Paul's made there, um, Jim, and the underwater cabbage salesman uh, is kind of asking the same question. Did we gas out in the second half or was it part of the game plan? Where do you stand on that? You know, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the intensity we play with and maybe not being up to fitness um, whether that affected the second half or whether it was part of the plan all along. What do you think about that? I think I tend to agree with what Paul said there. I think, uh, I think it's quite similar to the Hibs game where mm. Hibs came out and they were quite expansive in the first half and went two goals up and then they changed it in the second half. They became a bit more defensive and tried to show things up. And I think that's what happened the other night. Uh, I think we were tired as well. I mean, that last 20 minutes, uh, Matt O'Reilly was, was, was dead in his feet. You know, he was, you could see he was struggling to 
to run uh, Hatati, you know, as Andy said, he's not fit. Yeah, I mean, you'll get a good 55, 60 minutes out of Hatati, but we need more than that. So obviously that will mm. come in time, I think. But I just think because of the, the intensity that we play at, I think it's inevitable. And until we get five high-quality subs coming on, I think that's going to be the case. And I think something I said last year, I think having 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 five subs should work to our advantage, given the size of squad that we've got, given the quality of players that we've got. And you tend not to change your back four or your goalkeeper unless they get injured. And you would never change Callum McGregor. And that just leaves the five offensive players. So you basically change all your five offensive players. I'm not saying you do it at half-time. Mm. But you can bring on a couple of players at half-time to freshen things up. Because it is a long, hard season. February's going to be a pretty tough month. So use the squad. And I think the quality of player is now there. And as Paul said, these guys coming back from injury, that'll add depth to it as well. So everything's looking good. I mean, just 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 keep on going. And the other thing I like is how we play. You know, mm-hmm. we know how we're going to play. And there was times, certainly last season, or even seasons going past, you wonder that sure how we're going to play. We know exactly how we're going to play, and we've got better players than than, than all the other teams bar one. And that's arguable whether we're better than that team or not. We certainly showed that the other night. So if you go in, you go in the park, first part and play your game. Uh, don't do anything silly. Then we should win, and and that should be the case for most of the games. But obviously. Mm-hmm. Football doesn't work like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's all good going forward. I just think that having having the five subs should make a big difference. Uh, and I think also as the season goes on, players are going to get more and more tired with mm. more and more games. We've got the Europa Conference League games coming up as well, and that's all going to add to it as well. So yeah. I've just got a difficult job trying to maintain all this stuff. And what I also said a few weeks ago is, if I can use the iceberg analogy, that all we see is the teams Ange picks and the subs he makes. Underneath mm. the water, he's making like hundreds of decisions, thousands of decisions each week about who to play. I mean, the fact that uh, McGregor played the other night was astonishing. You know, and, and Ange must have, you know, you know, it wasn't an easy choice to make, as I thought, mm-hmm. you know, because you could get badly hurt again. Yeah. So, so these are all the decisions that are done behind the scenes that all we see is the team he's picked. And uh, and goals change games. I mean, uh, I don't know if we're going to talk about last Saturday or not, but mm-hmm. if you don't score that goal in the last minute, then the narrative completely changes. You know, yeah. football fans are very, very fickle. You know, Andrew would be getting slaughtered last week if we didn't score that goal. But now he's like, you know, fantastic. And the same goes for Yakimakis. I mean, I'm, I think some of the stuff has been said about the big champ is pretty harsh. You know, one week, he's a, one week he's a dud, next week he's great, dud, great, dud, great. You know, different time, you'll get there. I think Andrew's got an eye for a player. I'm pretty happy with the players that he's bought. And the fact, as people have said, nine of the 11 that started the other night are Andrew signings. Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Willster92 on Twitch, one of our few commenters on Twitch, a wee tip for you guys, if you want your comment to get picked out, maybe try and go on Twitch, because that wee purple logo stands out when we're picking out comments. But he agrees with you, Ange Ball is a squad game, the big man's right, more subs will work to our advantage. So I think you're the big man, Jim, as far as that's concerned. I don't think that's the case, but hey (laughs) That's Tony Haggerty, Tony Haggerty's a big man, yeah. Um, Paul, I don't often... We will go on to the Dundee United game in a little bit more in-depth of the individual players in the Rangers game as well, as, as Jim was talking about, but I don't often get to ask you questions that are a little bit more in-depth about your support of Celtic and your preferences and that, so I'm taking the opportunity today while I have it. Um, both you and Jim have talked about enjoying the way that we play, enjoying the the football that we put across there today. And obviously both of you have said in the past that ultimately trophies is what matters, winning games is what matters. But how important is it as a Celtic supporter to see a performance like that first half where, for me anyway, I, I don't often say this, but last season sometimes sitting down to watch Celtic was a chore. Watching that on, on Wednesday night was an utter joy. How important is that side of things to you as a Celtic supporter? I think it's huge, Laura. We, we were talking yesterday about a coming together. And I remember um, various parts of my Celtic supporting life where everything comes together, be that the team, the management team, the fans, the club as a whole. And part of that, you know, romanticism of being a Celtic fan is the style as well as, as you say, the glory and the honours because one of the most stylish teams I've ever watched ultimately were failures and that was a team that Tommy Burns had because we didn't Mm -hmm. win the league. We won one Scottish Cup and the team that he built in the two seasons after that were fantastic to watch but we didn't win the league 
fantastic to watch. We still talk about them all these years later. Uh, what's more important? Well, you know, you've got to let the head rule the heart and say, well, of course, honours and trophies are more important. But if you can get both, and the other night we've seen the other side of it, we've seen the style and the flair and the entertaining football to the point where it did, it had us on the end of our seats, it had us standing up for most of the game. And you come away from it thinking that's a vintage Celtic performance. I'm going to go back to that other game and please don't, you know, shoot me down for saying it. Anybody who's saying, oh, what a killjoy. But it does take me back to the the elation that I felt after that 3-0 game. I'm sitting in front of the Celtic wiki here. It was on the 20th of February, 2011. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, We beat them 3-0. And the two goals were scored in the first half by Gary Hooper. Uh, we were 2 nothing up after half an hour. Chris Common scored the third, as you mentioned, yeah. Laura. And I remember coming away from that. We didn't win the league that season, you'll remember, you know. Mm-hmm. And we came away from that game. And then we went to Fur Park, similarly. And it was in the February of that season. We went to Fur Park and they beat us 2-0 at yeah. Fur Park. And there was a real feeling of disappointment and in that particular game, I remember was Charlie Montgomery. Was that the Scott, Scott McDonald goal? It was. The goals that were scored by, both goals actually, were scored by Chris Sutton's wee brother. They were 2 nothing up after 50 minutes. I'm thinking of a different year. I remember Scott McDonald taking the title away from his one year as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. 2005, yeah. I remember. I'll never, was that as long ago as that? Wow. I'll never forget <laughs> that. But yeah, it was just the, the two fixtures and the, the scoreline obviously beating them 3 nothing. And that game, I remember when, when Commons scored, I still had the feeling that we would probably score another couple of goals that, that day. Beautiful mm. sunny day. Um, and we were singing We Shall Not Be Moved that day I remember it well um, I remember exactly who I was with and where I was in the stadium as most of us do I'm not getting the same kind of vibe but I, I think that's probably the way Ange operates you know mm-hmm. right that's done we've enjoyed it we've done our lap on her and quite rightly so um, but the other night I just think it was a coming together everything was perfect the atmosphere was unbelievable uh, we stuck one of our "You'll Never Walk Alone" videos up on the YouTube because it was a, it was a step above. It always is special at Celtic Park, but this was even bigger and better. The style of football was right. Some of the young talent that's coming in that we've barely seen performing the way they've been performing. Everything was just right. And there was a moment that JP brought up yesterday, and it was when Jamesy Forrest has committed himself and he's been basically poleaxed and he's sitting on the ground and. McGregor, the warrior, goes up to him and they two guys that have got, um, I mean, they've got about 800, 900 games between them and Celtic jerseys. One club men, albeit one brief loan spell, Notts County for, for Callum. And he got him back to his feet. You know, so you've got the, the you know, you've got that nucleus of the, the Celts that have come through the ranks, Laura, as well as all the new the new guys that have come in and are finding their feet. But yeah, I, I think it's definitely substance over style but mm. as Celtic fans we love we love a bit of style don't we absolutely not that you could look at us three and think that but uh, yeah we do love a bit of style <laughs> or I'll speak for myself <laughs> on that I have no I have no words for that Laura I, Uncle Tony's away you can have you can have that you can have that <laughs> Uh, Liam Tennant, obviously the Scott McDonald goal was helicopter Sunday. How could I forget it? Could be this type of season again. Who knows? I hope not. I'm not sure in my old age that my nerves could take it after all this time, but we'll see what happens. Um, Jim, I wanted to get into some of the individuals. You're you're much more level-headed than me when it comes to these things. You you like to, to put a bit of realism into things. We remember uh, Lubo Moravchik's first game against Rangers and the fact he scored two goals and didn't really know what he'd done. We saw a similar look off Hatati when the second goal went in the other night and undoubtedly he'll be remembered if he does nothing else in his Celtic career for, for that night. How excited should we be about him? How how good is he really, do you think? I think before answering that, maybe go back to the, the question you posed to Paul about mm-hmm. Ange and his football. Uh, I think we've got used to it now. I think at the start of the season, we were screaming at players to do certain things, and now we're pretty calm about stuff. Mm-hmm. Another night in the first half, particularly when, when it was just 1 0, and uh, Carter Vickers and Starfield were putting the ball back to each other, and then back to Joe Hart and back to Taylor. See, at the start of the season, we'd been going bonkers at that. Absolutely yeah. bonkers. And I remember at the Michelin game, uh, been, been one of the 8,000 there, everyone's screaming at <laughs> you know, get rid of it, get rid of it. But now, now we're calm, now we know that. We're going to pass it about a wee bit here and then we'll find an opening and then all of a sudden, bang, 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 
we'll go up the pitch. So I think we'll get used to it. And I think some of the things that uh, Dan uh, from Japan said mm-hmm. earlier, I've been I've been absolutely spot on because at the time I was quite cynical, thinking, "Ah, that'll be right." And he's done everything, you know, the style of football, how he builds teams, his eye for a player. You know, he doesn't have to spend a lot of money. He knows who he wants to buy. So, so I think we're all on board. Ange, no matter what happens this season from now on, I think we're all on board with Ange. And that's why I don't think we should fluctuate from like he's great, he's a dud, he's great, he's a dud, he's doing a great job, and again, long may that continue. In terms of Hitati, it's pretty early days, I think. The good thing, what I do like about it now, I think we've got a chance of beating Livingston this year because somebody <laughs> who can shoot from outside the box for a change. <laughs> I think if we play them, we play Hitati basically and just shoot the whole time because. Because you now realise there's only 14 games to go and we're in the box seat and you're starting to pay more attention to things now, mm-hmm. then you think, well, the post-split fixtures, well, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Because the last, you know, 9 10, you know, the, the league was won last season before the split and most of the, the previous nine seasons were won before the split. There's going to be a lot of interesting fixtures coming up. but we'll, we'll, We can touch on that when we get there. But, but you're starting to think a wee bit ahead now and how can we beat Livingston in a, a few weeks' time? Because we haven't done that yet. We haven't even scored against them. Hatati, long-range shooting, because the shooting's been awful. Uh, give the lad a few weeks. He's just in the door. He's made an, an, an outstanding contribution to, to start off with. Nothing I was thinking the other night was how many... Has anyone played in, in a Glasgow derby and scored two goals from outside the box in the first game? Mm. That's one for the... As Paul hits the wiki button there. Uh, that occurred to me. I mean, Lubo scored the two goals, but I think one was a header for a bit... Virtually on the penalty spot. Think maybe ish. Yeah, yeah. There's a big question anyway. But in terms of Tati, it's early days. He's made a great he's made a great start. As is O'Reilly made a great start. And uh, you couldn't wish for better. Because I mean mm-hmm. anyone you sign's a bit of a risk. You know? Yeah. Uh Maeda looked good, but he hasn't made the impression that the other two guys have made. Uh, I think Maeda will start on Sunday. Uh, I think he'll freshen things up. I think, you know, mentally, physically, they're taking a lot of the players the other night. It's good the games on Sunday. That's another another day's rest. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd realised that until this morning. There's, we're playing on Sunday and they're playing on Sunday as well. So, yeah, Super Sunday coming up, hopefully. So, uh, what was the question? Hatati, yes. Hatati, great start. Let's 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 give him a few more games before we kind of uh, go too mad on him. But brilliant the other night yeah, for 60 minutes. Yeah. Um, Paul, Ange has commented on, in, in a way that might terrify the rest of our opposition, has suggested that Hitati's nowhere near fully fit. I mean, it's pretty obvious to see towards the end of matches that he isn't. How good could he get when he gets up to 100% fitness, given the amount of ground he has to cover? Kevin, on the match coverage the other night, was at pains to to emphasise just how many blades of grass he was covering, and that's him at only 70% fitness or whatever it is. How good can he get, do you think? Well... <clears throat> Kevin's turning into a bit of a stato, eh? He's getting he's buying into the data analysis in, in a big, <laughs> big way. But Rio Atati, you you look at everything that he's done since he's came here. Um, I understand the schools comparisons because of the, the range of passing, Laura. I mean, mm. no one no one could do that cross-field pass like Paul Scholes. And uh, we see a lot of that from Hatati, but something that might go a wee bit under the radar is his defensive qualities. I mean, the amount of time he's winning the ball in our half, he's breaking up attacks from Rangers. Um, you know, yeah. If there's one thing schools couldn't do, it was tackle. So if he's got a, if he's got one up on him, and as far as that's concerned, yeah. So by the end of this podcast, we'll be saying that Hatati's better than schools, right? <laughs> uh, another another thing is uh, that I noticed. You remember Petrov. I mean, the, the distance he covered in a game meant that by the end of the game, it looked as though someone had chucked a bucket of water over him. He was always completely dripping in sweat. Hatati's like that because of the work rate of the guy. Um, and you, then you look at the transfer fee and the age, he's 24, £1.38 million. Pounds. Under £1.5 million. Jim mentioned it earlier on about getting the nine players in uh, under Ange. Our squad, our starting 11 against Rangers cost under £20 million. Quid. Mm-hmm. So the average was under £2 million a player. And you look at some of the value that we're talking about, Joe Hart, just over a million pounds. Let's not forget, 2.7 for Juranovic. Under mm-hmm. £3 million for Juranovic. And we're finally seeing the quality that he's got. But then you look at the Japanese signings, Matt O'Reilly as well, 1.62 million. Astonishing Mm -hmm. value for money. So how good can he get? I think he could be a staple part of the Ange era. 
And mm. um, like Jim, we've not, I don't think we've seen enough of Eddie Gucci or Maeda quite yet. I like what I've seen from Maeda. I think we've got a lot to see from him. Um, and when, if, you know, if Eddie Gucci comes back in and he's another option in the midfield, great. At the moment, he doesn't look quite like a starter, but that's your strongest part of the park, isn't it? Midfield. I think Hatati is a starter. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I can't see any different to that. Um, moving on to, you mentioned Juranovic, Danielle F, who's constantly in the chat. I seem to bring up her comments all the time, but she's always there commenting on things. Says, is Juranovic one of the steals of the summer? 2.5 million, he is class. Jim, I think that the problem with Juranovic to start with was not of his own making. He was obviously having to fill in at left back an awful lot because of injuries and things like that. He's had a run at right back now, which is obviously his favourite position. Um, we all know his attacking qualities, but he showed a lot of good defensive qualities in Wednesday night. What, what was your impression of his performance in particular? I think he likes the big games. He made his debut at Ibrox at left back and he was outstanding and he was outstanding the other night as well. There's been some games where I think he's been a bit sloppy from time to time. Uh, I think it's a shame for Tony Rolson after the after the impact he's made because if, if, if we do go on to win this league, he's made a massive contribution, you know, both uh, defensively and offensively as well. Uh, in terms of Iranovic, uh, to pay that money for an international player uh, of uh, like him, yeah, it could be the steal. Uh, I think we've had a number of steals in some of them. Paul mentioned Joe Hart's a steal. And mm. Kyogo, if he keeps playing the way he's playing. He's, if, you can get, if you can make money on people, then that's a steal, I think. It's when you spend big money on Ibarkas or an Ayeti, that's not a steal, that's a robbery or whatever the opposite <laughs> of a steal is. Is it, is it the same thing? Bring back Tony Haggard, he would know the right word to use there. But the opposite of a steal... Basically, so so as I said earlier, every transfer. A gift. We'll go with a gift. We'll go with a, a gift. gift. Yeah. I wouldn't say a yeti's a gift, but uh, <laughs> a gift from God. I'll be a yeti. His new autobiography. I'll get it. Uh, he'll write it. Uh, no, I think. Uh, What's okay? Juranovic. Yeah, I think. Uh, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet. Not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. He's, a, he's, he's very good. He's very calm in possession. He knows what he's doing. Uh, good addition to the squad. Great value for money. And another play- I always think if you... If you buy a player and six months later and you can sell him and double your money, that's a good buy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we could double our money in your hand. Not that I'm looking to sell the players because that's your job, Laura. As you said at the start, you're all worried about Hatati getting sold. You need to calm down. He's just in the door. Just uh, <laughs> chillax, as the kids say these days. Chillax. Chillax. It's not going to happen. But I think, you know, anyone could tell you that we're going to, if, if and when we sell Hatati, We'll get my money back and more. And mm. looking at it from an accountant's point of view, which I always am, uh, that's always a good sign. Juranovic for two and a half million, that's good value. Another thing is, is you know, as I've said before, actually, good value is quite a subjective thing. Mm. We, had, we had a debate a few weeks ago about how much to pay for Carter Vickers. Is six million yeah. good value? Discuss. You know, we did that a few weeks ago. But, but you know, two and a half million for Juranovic, that to me sounds like very good value, yeah. Yeah, I think I, think I totally agree with that. I think one of the standout 
points of Andrew's reign so far is not just the quality of the players he's brought in, but the value of them. Jim, I'm going to come back to you on this one yeah. just um, before we move on to look, uh, obviously, at the Dundee United game that we played the other day, because I know we've not discussed that in any great detail. And then again, uh, ahead at Motherwell. But just a general question. Uh, Lucky Voodoo 15 says, I think in a year or so, if the progress continues with Ange, this could be a special time. Um, obviously, I'm talking about you know, worrying about players leaving and things like that. And I was talking to my brother last night saying I'm very much of the mindset of I'm already aware that I need to enjoy this time with the team that we're building and the manager that we've got. Do you think Ange is showing all the right signs that he could be building another kind of Rodgers O'Neill type era um, with this Celtic team? I think you're right not to get too excited Mm. Uh, who knows what will happen in six months' time? So I don't think we should be saying this is, this is going to be a special team or building a legacy. He's doing really well, and long may that continue. But what if we don't win the league? Mm. What do the fans think then? You know, they look back on certain games or certain decisions and say he blew it. Then why did they let Yakimakis take that penalty? Blah 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 blah. You know, so I wouldn't look too far ahead. Enjoy the football that we're playing just now. Enjoy the victories that we're enjoying. Now. It's a dead exciting league. You know, yeah, take it for, for what it's worth, I think. You know, I think virtually, you know, everyone, but most people had said, let's just keep in touch. Let's just keep in touch. Let's get to the, after the first derby, which we thought was going to be in the 2nd of January. And we want to watch there. Mm. Yeah, that game, not, 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 not getting it cancelled, but the winter break being brought forward. I mean, we had a huge benefit in that. You know, uh, if we'd have played the game the other night in the 2nd of January with... Joey Dawson up front and whoever else, you know, with tons of players missing, then it'd have been a it'd have been a big ask to have won the game. So I wouldn't go too far ahead. Uh, I think it's such an exciting league race this year. We've just got ourselves in front. Hopefully that's mm. good timing that we can kick on from there. And and you always look at these things after they've happened. You you we'll look back on the season and say, well, that was a vital goal there. That was a vital save there. Vital good win there. Last minute goal. And what's been good about the team, uh, particularly the last. Last Saturday, I know you're going to come on to that. Basically, that that, that, that last minute goal mm. where you couldn't see it coming after Beaton gets sent off and you think, yeah, gets taken off. You've got no physicality up front mm. and you've got like four giants at the back. It's not going to come when it came. And that's the beauty and that's the excitement of football and that's the joy of football. Nothing like a last minute winner. Yeah. When it comes oh. so, so enjoy it for what it is because I think we're all saying stay in touch until the, until the second derby. If we were within three or four points, maybe five or six points, there's still loads to play for. We're actually yeah. a point ahead. I think we're we're well ahead of what we certainly well ahead of what I thought would be at this point in time. And the quality of players that have been brought in have been astonishing. So you add all these things up and and, and people are saying that that's a, they're not a good team. They are a good team. They've got good players. A big board. And they've got Aaron Ramsey's now come in. Well, he'd be good, bad, or indifferent. He's a big name. You know, so mm. they've got a lot of good players. Uh, from their point of view, they may look back at Wednesday and say, well, that was a a bad night at the office, you know, yeah. and, and they go out and hammer hearts on Sunday and, and it's going to game one again. So, so you know, there's a long, long way to go. But the good thing is it's dead exciting. And that's what you want. And that's what you kind of, you know, there's a number of seasons during the nine where, you know, we could have lost five games in a row and still win the league. Whereas, yeah. you know, every point's a prisoner, every game, you know, as I said before, one game changes, a one goal changes a game, one game changes a season. You know, and we'll look back on the Rolson goal, on the Abada goal and think, if we hadn't scored that, if, if, it, if it ends up really, really tight, that was one of the goals. That was a big moment of the season. And I missed last week when we were, you, were, you were doing a tribute to Wim, but you know, there's loads of comparisons with 97, 98. So mm-hmm. many games, last minute goals, whatever it was. And if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have won that league. And hopefully we look back on this season, having won the league and said, that was the, you know, that was the goal that won it. Well, it certainly yeah. made a significant contribution. Yeah, I'll be interested to get your thoughts on women at the end of the show, um, um, Jim, because obviously you did miss last week, so it'll be interesting to hear what you've got to say, especially having uh, written the play about Bratback, as you did, so it'll be interesting. Shameless plug, shameless plug, yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, I wrote a play, good, good. Yeah, yeah, you wrote a play and you wrote another one, I think, that's going on a world tour to Glen North as well, so... <laughs> The play what I wrote, older people understand that. <laughs> um, Paul, Jim raises an interesting point there of, I think if you ask any Celtic fan, even the ones who were a bit um, suspicious of what Ange could bring to the club, they didn't know him, they didn't know his calibre, they didn't know his pedigree. I think if you ask any one of them now, that their minds are changed, absolutely. 
what I haven't heard people talk about is what Jim brings up there, which is have our aims for the season changed? I think, again, if you'd asked most Celtic fans at the beginning of the season, given the nightmare that was last the last couple of years, uh, they would have been happy with us to get back within touch and distance, get a few victories against Rangers like we did last night and just look like a more together team. Do you think that is still the aim for this season or do you think the way that we're playing, the expectations have risen as quickly as the, the performance of the team has? Well, at the beginning of the season, and the beauty of doing the Axon Bulletin every day is that it's out there. There's a, there's a public record of your opinion. And I, I've always said from day one, and it's not, I told you so, because it's not happened yet, we've got to win the league. And every single season that I come into uh, supporting Celtic, every single season, You've got to win the league. You try and win a domestic cup on top of that and you try and be in Europe after Christmas. And that's like my own personal ambitions supporting Celtic every single season. So that was always there. And now I think people that were maybe a little bit more sceptical about that are probably changing their expectations because of what they've seen and because of what Ange has delivered. And like Jim says, yeah, I mean, there's a long, long way to go. But I do feel we talk about the momentum shift and I do feel that since, and I think this is going to be a pivotal moment of the season, since Rangers changed management, um, they haven't been the same beast. I think going into the, the game against uh, Rangers at the uh, during the week there, the momentum was in our favour. I think they had scraped past Livingston, they dropped points to Ross County, they dropped points to Aberdeen, they'd conceded goals, which was the big thing they didn't do last season. And I don't see anything in the transfer market that's going to prevent that side of the game. Aaron Ramsey, yeah, massive high-profile player. I'm sure he'll bring what he brings to the club. But that isn't really what the problem was, was it, really? I mean, at the moment, it's defensively. We've then scudded them with a 3 nothing victory. And it's momentum Celtic. So my expectation is what it was at the beginning of the season. I'm more confident that we're going to do it now. Mm. Mm. I think that's the big thing that Andrew's brought in is a sense of confidence and a sense of belief that we can do it. Speaking of that belief, um, we'll go back to the game against Dundee United, Jim. You mentioned about the goal coming as if from nowhere it didn't look like it was coming. Um, is that a feature of this team, do you think? The fact that, you know, I think, maybe last season we wouldn't have got the victory out of that. Do you think that's more something we can rely on, that these players will keep going till the end and see if they can get the victory? Hey, before answering that, we'll do what I did last time. I'm going to get back to Paul. The point <laughs> about, I think I think the Gerrard leaving is, is pretty significant. And I think right. another another similarity with 1978 when, when Walter Smith announced at the start of the season that he was going. That was his last season. That had an effect as well. No matter what you think of Stephen Gerrard, he's quite a strong personality and he takes no nonsense. And I think the guy they've replaced him with is the opposite of that. I think he comes across quite weak, you know, and I think uh, in the post-match interviews I've seen, uh, particularly after the Aberdeen game, I think if Stephen Gerrard got interviewed after that game, he'd been going ballistic. Yeah. Like officials and everything that was happening, he was going mad. But Van Bronckhorst was, was, was quite kind of quiet and accepting of things. So I think there's a... Didn't there's a mind if it going didn't mind of having a go at the ball boys though. <laughs> well, that actually annoyed me the other night. I mean, without trying to be the old negative guy again, I think these kids are representing Celtic. So mm. I know it's a minor point, but just just give the ball back to the keeper and, and, and don't give him abuse. I mean, if, if he scored the goals, you celebrate stuff. Like, and that nutter that came on the park, find yeah. him and ban him for life. You know. Yeah. Don't give him any exposure. Just it's, it's, it's nonsense because he ran straight towards Alan McGregor. And you could have hit him, and McGregor could have hit him back. Before you know it, you've got, a, you've got an explosive situation. You know, it's not funny. You know, yeah. anyway, that's old grumpy talking there. What was the question again? Uh, Dundee United. So, yes. uh, I thought we played well again, you know, and if we hadn't have scored the goal, uh, as I said, people would have been going ballistic about things and why you bring on a 16-year-old with 10 minutes to go, we need to win the game, blah, blah, blah. But we scored the goal and the goal changes the game. And uh, a bad, I mean, I've, I've never said a bad as a bad player. He's not a winger for me. Never been a winger because to me, a winger has got good close control and can cross effectively. And to me, that's that's Yota, that's that's Forrest. A bad, no a winger, but he's got, he's got a great eye for a goal mm-hmm. and he's got great anticipation. And that finish of the night, brilliant finish, anticipates it coming in, hits it on the half volley against an inspired goalkeeper. First yeah. class, you know, so 
In the same way, I don't think Kyogo's a winger. I don't think Abada's a winger. But the wee man pops up last week. Great first touch, great finish, bang. All of a sudden, we've won the game. Really significant. Uh, I thought we played them off the park last week. I thought the first game against Dundee United was a much closer game. Uh, the one each game. Uh, but I thought we, we controlled the game last week. The big chap up front should have scored two or three goals. You know, So he was a dud last week. He was kind of half dud, half good guy on Wednesday. But mm. last week, we had the chances to win the game. We played well enough. We never looked under any threat at all. There's been games we've maybe played, I think maybe it was, was it the Motherwell game or the Aberdeen game, it was quite tight and you thought they might score. Never looked like scoring at all. Dundee United, it was always going to be nil-nil. They defended really well. Their goalkeeper's great. Why mm. we haven't gone for him, I don't understand. I mean, would you take Bain or their keeper? I'd take their keeper every day of the week. So I'm not sure why we gave Bain the contract and not saying Seekers. Seekers? 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 Anyway, anyway yeah. Yeah, the question was about, we just keep going, and that's what Ange said in that famous video, we just keep going to the end. Mm. I need a wee bit of luck sometimes, you know, and I think if I was a Dundee United fan, I'd be going mad at the centre-halves. I mean, it was, a, it was a bad goal to lose. I've got three, got three giants in the box, and the bad is about two feet tall, and he misses them all. Great control and great finishing. And getting back to what I said about the atmosphere in, in Wednesday, there's nothing like a last-minute goal. Yeah. So when you're a game in, in a tight league race, you know, different if you've won the league by miles and you score a goal and you think, oh, good, that's we've, we've won the game. But that made such a difference. And following hard on uh, the score at Ross County as well and, and how late they scored. I was, I was walking up to the match and all of a sudden all these people are hitting their car horns and going mad. And you think, well, they must have scored then. That's brilliant. And then you think the incentive is there. And it looked for a long part of the game. We weren't going to take that, you know, make that advantage count. But then we did at the end and... And these are the things again. When you look back in the season, you'll think that was that that was that was great. And as I said, I think it's just it's just such a a dead exciting season. We've got we've got the league cup in the bag. We're still in Europe, albeit the Conference League. We're still in the cup, uh, and we've hit the top of the league. We've only fourteen games to go, so you can see the end in sight. Mm. Just keep it going. Just 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 keep it going. Yeah, um, it's. I just hope we keep it going, or we take a little bit out of um, out of my nephew's book. So, for a little bit of background, my brother-in-law is a Rangers supporter, and my four-year-old nephew has decided to take the right road and is a Celtic supporter. So, we were watching the game together the other night, and at full time, he says, to, turns to my brother-in-law and says, "Sorry, Dad, but did Rangers still have fun?" I'm not sure that they did, but uh, the, out of the it's mouth all of the babes. Fun, isn't it? It's all about the fun, yeah. <laughs> um, Paul, I'm not going to ask you any more about the Dundee United game because I know you were on the match coverage. Anybody wanting to know your thoughts can obviously go back and look at that and, and the, the, the podcast that followed. So we'll move on to um, looking at the game against Motherwell on Sunday. Um, there's a few comments coming in. Um, so... Uh, well, I'll not read out the name, but he says uh, <laughs> I would start with the same team that beat Rangers. I like the uh, I like the I like the avatar as well. Um, and then David Bradley says, "Good win against Motherwell. We'll put good pressure on on Rangers. Fancy three 0 to Celtic. So that would be that would be an interesting one as well. I, I'd be interested to know your thoughts." Given that we've got players still to come back, given that some might argue it wasn't the totally full-strength team, but we played so well, mm. would you stick with that 11 going into the game on Sunday or is there anything you would tweak about that team? I think I think I would make a, a tweak or two here or there. And mm. I'm not going to use this as an opportunity to have a dig at anyone. Uh, but I think it would be interesting to see Maeda getting a start. Uh, maybe Angel look at that and say, well, you know what, that was uh, a bridge too far even on Wednesday, you know, after mm -hmm. his travel and all that. But before I get into it, because I'm going to have to qualify that, because people will be thinking I'm having a dig at big Yakamakis, which I'm not. Um, the ball boys, just to pick up on Jim's point on the ball boys, I'm thinking about Celtic boy, bo ball boys of a past era. And mm -hmm. you've got Jimmy, a great image of Jimmy Johnston uh, jumping up and cuddling his fellow ball boy uh, as a Celtic youngster with the curly red hair obviously people used to uh, be mesmerised by him and the ball behind the ball uh, behind the goals he used to do the keep you up east and dribble as a kid then there's a great image of Billy McNeil scoring that famous goal at Hamden with the header against Dunfermline in 1965 and the wee guy that runs up and kicks the ball out the net is Andy Lynch who 12 <laughs> You know, 12 years later, scores a penalty for Celtic in the same goal. And then there's that brilliant image of Callum McGregor 
as a ball boy celebrating where you can see, I think, is it Aidan McGeady celebrating a goal? I think so, yeah. And I'm looking at that kid the other day there and I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if he makes it at Celtic. Um, he's already written himself into cult icon status. So I'm going to say to Jim, I think he's been very cute with that, mate. We already love him. And uh, when he breaks through as an average left back, he'll get away with it because he was getting in about Alan McGregor the other night. But that being said, <laughs> there's no excuse for anybody running on the park and trying to attack the goalie uh, on another note. But I, with the ball boys, aye, fair play to them, mate. Eh? They just got a wee bit excited. Uh, but on... <laughs> On Sunday, um, I'm not uh, I'm not a big lover of this current Motherwell side. I've got to say, mm-hmm. I don't. You know, I, I think that there are a few players in that side who have been um, a bit over the top when it comes to tackles against Celtic players. We've got a contributor to the state of Scottish football called Jenna Thompson, who's a Motherwell fan, so we kind of keep tabs on the team from there. But I think looking at that starting lineup. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. You take out Yakamakis just now, because I mm-hmm. think he ran himself into the ground. That was the biggest part he played against Rangers. He harried, he constantly hassled them, he was down their throats, didn't always win the ball, but he didn't give them a minute, didn't give them a minute's piece. Mm-hmm. Um, three saves he pulled, uh, you know, he forced three saves from Alan McGregor. He was a nuisance all night, but he lasted 60 minutes because he ran himself into the ground. Whether or not he's going to have the legs for another game on Sunday, I don't know. I think I would like to see Maeda. I'd like to see him starting. And, and I've liked what I've seen so far of him. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my change for Sunday, Laura. Well, that's an interesting one that you bring it up because Tosh Coglu Jr. Malone, another great name. Where he's come up with these, I don't know, guys. But uh, it says, got to keep Big Gigi in for Sunday, get him a goal and get, get him off, keep his confidence going. So I think there's an acknowledgement there, like you say, Paul, that he might be a bit done in, but he maybe needs a, a, a goal for his confidence. Jim, where do you stand on that Yakimakis for Sunday or do you think we get Maeda back in? I think it depends on the kind of physical, mental reaction from the game the other night. I mean, Martorell looked dead in his feet. Mm. Night, you know, and I saw his interview after the game, and emotionally he was shattered. So, I think, I think, I, I think Andrew take maybe two or three players out from the other night. Uh, we've got a big squad, and there's tons of games coming up. And not that we'll, we'll take Motherwell lightly. Uh, just check the table; they're sitting fourth, but they haven't won in, in the last four games. So they've got a wee bit of a dip in form. That was about research I did there. Seen that? So I did. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, so they have a bit of a dip in form. They can't be that confident coming into the game. Uh, we're playing really well. We play the football. We win the game. As long as the, the referee clamps down and applies the rules properly, I don't have an issue there. But they were a bit physical. They're a, they're a, they're a big physical team, uh, mm-hmm. and that's fine as long as the referee clamps down and things and uh, takes the right action at the right time. Uh, I think the big man might make two or three changes. I give you point. My either will start up front if again he's, he's, he's physically, mentally fit after flying halfway around the world the other night, and also the the sheer emotion of the other night. Mm-hmm. We as fans watch that, and Paul saying he's, he's he's still drained just now. I mean, imagine if you're Matt O'Reilly, and, and you, you see it, you know, with that post-match interview. You still, I've seen nothing like this at all. You know, I mean, a fan watching the game multiply that by a big number. That must be what these guys are feeling. And all of a sudden, you're at Fur Park, and there's only however many Fur Park holes these days. What, mm. eight, nine, ten thousand, something like that. Yep. Compared to what it was the other night. The other night was, as I said, it's pure theatre, and this is a kind of bread and butter game and we've got a big squad and guys like Ralston and maybe you know, maybe Scales and uh, and with Tom Rogic's back stuff like that so the good thing is there's options yeah you know, just yeah. before Christmas we're thinking we've got no players that's all <laughs> you know and then we've got some big games coming up and all of a sudden the winter breaks brought forward and we get a chance to regroup so I think Andrew used the squad he won't make too many changes but he won't want to 
disrupt the momentum. Uh, but I think he may make two or three changes, one of which I think will play Maida up front, maybe bring the big man on me 20, 25 minutes to go. It'll certainly be interesting to see what he does there. But um, Paul, Jim t- touched on Matt O'Reilly there. We haven't talked much about him. I actually think he's been a little bit overshadowed because of the the ast- astronomical rise of, of Hatati to the fore. Um, he's certainly had a baptism of fire as a Celtic player. He's come in from MK Dons, whereas Jim mentioned he's not really seen anything like it before in terms of the atmosphere he was playing against the other night. I wondered if perhaps, you know, Callum McGregor was absolutely vital and he always is vital. He was key against Rangers the other night. But I, I've thought since O'Reilly came in, the fact that we're getting Rogic back, is this a chance perhaps to rely more on O'Reilly and the dynamism he brings to the midfield to give Callum McGregor more of a rest, do you think? Or do you think Callum McGregor, now that he's back in, will have to stay in? Well, I think that's an interesting dilemma that uh, Ange faces because he said in the past, when asked about resting players, that he always plays, um, you know, he never rests players. He actually said that. I think this would be an occasion where, given all the circumstances, it would be understandable if he was to rest them because you know Wednesday the fact that he played was astonishing his performance I'm talking about McGregor his performance was unbelievable uh, never held back you know there was absolutely no doubt in his mind that he was going to approach that game in the way he always has done the the comments made by Chris Boyd are nothing short of disgraceful in relation to the fact that you know Rangers should have been more physical due to his injury. I thought that was shocking. Yeah. Not only for him to even think the process of thinking that thought, but then to actually try to type it down. I doubt he types it. He's probably spoken to someone. <laughs> and then for it to get past an editor, I think that's a shocking thing to say. I mean, that's mm-hmm. almost like, you know, go out to injure a player. And that's from an ex-pro. So, yeah, I would understand that they did it. I mean, um, it's not worked previously for other managers. We arrested them against Ross County and they bounced us out of the League Cup last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on your point of O'Reilly, if it was to happen, I have got, and I know I've only seen him for a few games, I've got some real faith in, in O'Reilly. I think when you look at his performances, um, I'm going to bring up the second goal here because it goes back to a point Jim made about earlier on in the season, why are you tippy tapping the ball around the back, you know, the back line? I called it the horseshoe. It was going from the left through the centre halves, back to the right, sometimes back to heart. That's exactly how the second goal started. So Cameron Vickers has got the ball. He's looking for an option that's not on. So he passes it to Starfield. He gets it back. And mm-hmm. then there's that passing movement to Zhiranovic, O'Reilly, Abada, Hatate, goal. And, yeah. you know, the finish was tremendous, but look at the play leading up to that. And everybody's in sync. And O'Reilly was a massive part of it. And I think we're seeing it in every game that he's played. So if he does decide to do that, and there's a wee bit more onus on O'Reilly, uh, it's been a baptism of fire. And I think he'll be able to handle it. Laura, I really do. I think he'll be able to handle it. I'm not disrespecting where he's come from, football-wise, the standard of football, but he's played at a lot of smaller stadiums for yeah. MK Dons. And, you know, going out to, to Fur Park and, you know, grinding out a result, taking care of business, as I call it, um, I think he'll be more than comfortable in, in stepping in and doing that. Well, there's praise coming in from him anyway. Paradise 63 at O'Reilly is our best signing and um, Centenary 88 O'Reilly is some player as well. So he's definitely already a bit of a fan favourite. And I think, like you say, those those moves that Ange has been professing of knocking it around the edge of the box, how many times since they've both come in have we seen Hatati do that pass from the edge of the box out wide for O'Reilly making the overlapping run to knock the ball in and get the ball in? to get a goal because that's just what we've been missing is that end product to all of that work and I think he's brought that Jim you've brought up O'Reilly a couple of times on the show so far what do you make of his impact so far were you surprised at the impact that he's had or um, did you like what you saw from the off again it's one of these things Angie's made who I've never heard of before so he's mm. no idea what's coming in is he a big risk does he know it I think context is very important Tyne Castle and a Glasgow derby Mm-hmm. Nobody had two tougher games than that. And he was outstanding in both the games. And he, and he ran himself into the ground in both games. And I think, again, what I alluded to earlier, you'll have to get used to the Ange system, the intensity of the games, the intensity of the of the, of the the training. I think maybe that's not what he's, he's maybe used to. But he, he obviously loves it. Mm-hmm. He, obviously, he obviously looks like he's won a watch coming here. You know, the fact that the lad left Fulham because he wasn't getting a game and 
So, so I think that says a lot about the guy. And, and, and Ange has said this before, but it's not just about the playing ability, it's about the people themselves. Mm-hmm. He wants to sign the right people. And I think people come with without being stereotypical, but people coming from Japan quite respectful. And I think Ange has been there and knows it. And that's why he signed some of the guys from there. So I think Ange obviously plays a huge part in who we sign now, which, which is great. You know, the kind of conversation we were having this time last year was who was signing the players and, and why were we signing those players? Whereas, you know, pretty much every signing Ange has made has worked out pretty well and some of them worked out you know, fantastically well. So he's not going to get too harder games than, 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 than Tynecastle. That's, that's, you know, next to Ibrox. That's, that's, the, that's the toughest place to go to. And he's outstanding in that game. He made the goal for the big man, didn't he? He, made, he passed the ball for Yaki Marcus's goal. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, and he was influential that night as well. So he's been a great signing, uh, another great Ange signing. And as long as the big man keeps keeps making these signings, yeah, we could be in for a special time, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We could be in for a special time, uh, but we'll see how it goes on Sunday. Hopefully we can keep that run going. Talking of special times, Jim, as you said, you unfortunately weren't on the show last week when we when we lost Vim Janssen after he's, um, he's living with dementia before he died at the age of 75 last week. You, more than a lot of Celtic supporters, spent a lot of time um, researching the season that he was Celtic manager in depth for your for your play Bend at Lake Bratback. What are your memories of Vim Janssen as a Celtic manager? Um, what about him do you remember most fondly? And where do you think his place is in Celtic history, obviously? That's quite a hard question. <laughs> I think uh, social media is one of these things where if something happens, if you should I tweet something? Most of the time I don't tweet anything, but when Vim Janssen died... I think well, I better tweet something because I wrote this play. You so might, you probably... might realise, Jim. I don't always have that thought process, you know. But... No, you don't. You don't. <laughs> uh, you're a bit of a dafty when it comes to that, so don't do that. <laughs> uh, stay well away from it. So I thought I'll tweet something, but I won't tweet very much. And I just said, "R.I.P. Wim, forever in your debt." And the play's a comedy, <laughs> and uh, and there's one of the lines uh, in the play talking about if they do the ten, they'll not be ripping the. Uh, expletive out of you <laughs> for a few weeks or a few months or a few years it'll be for all eternity mm. they'll be ripping the proverbial out of you mm. that's what it means and that's what Wim stopped he stopped that happening because basically if he didn't do what he, he was doing you go to any football match just now like the Glasgow Derby the other night and it wouldn't have stopped at 10 because we were a shambles then yeah. before that it would have been 11, 12, 13, 14 you know and that would have been, if, if, if fans were allowed in, that would have been the banners on like 10 in a row, 12 in a row, 15 in a row. And, and it was Wim Janssen that stopped that. But on the other side of the fence, it was quite good that there's no social media at the time. Because, again, like Ange, another similarity, we go off to a terrible start for mm-hmm. those who are old enough to remember that. And we lost the first two games. And mm-hmm. I'm sure Paul will remember. The Dunfermline game, and I've mentioned this before to Paul, because another thing I put in the play... Is, is what you observe at the time. And we lost to Hibs opening the game with Larson, passed it to Charnley. Yeah. And then we lose to Dunfermline at home. And I've never seen a more poisonous atmosphere, never heard a more poisonous atmosphere than that Dunfermline game because this was the season they were going to do the team. We had to stop them. And Dunfermline are playing us off the park. And it was uh-huh. one each at the time. And they hit the bar and they hit the post, et cetera, et cetera. And then they scored. And this guy jumps up in front of me and he says... F off Larson, F off Janssen and take that wee Fanny Larson with you. <laughs> so, so so that's, if social media was, was kicking about back then, that would have been the kind of comments you'd have had times a thousand that night. You know, get rid of Janssen after two games. And people were saying the same about Ange mm-hmm. this year as well. You know, so there's been loads of similarities. Uh, he came, he saw, he conquered. Uh, and as I said, forever in his day. And another similarity that happened that year, Again, was was the fact that uh, the first uh, old firm game, as it was called back then, was cancelled because Princess Di mm. was killed. And I think if that game had went ahead, we'd have lost it because it was the fourth game of the season and we were all over the place and, and they were scoring goals for fun. Negri was scoring goals for fun. And that game got rescheduled and we ended up, that was the game that stopped scored the last minute equaliser. Uh-huh. So, you know, it was dreadfully unfortunate circumstances, but you know, we, we can again by having that game cancelled. And I think this year with the winter break situation as well. I think we won from that as well. But in terms of when Janssen, that's all I can say forever in his debt for, for what he did. And, and, and you said it last week, or Tony said it last week, can't think of anyone who, who came to Celtic Park for 12 months 
and made such an impact so quickly. And there are lots of similarities between Wim and Ange in terms of he's got an eye for a player, plays to a system, uh, he doesn't bend, you know, he, he, he sticks to what he believes in, and no matter what other people are saying. And uh, and ultimately, Wim was successful. And the big hope is that Ange can follow that as well. Yeah, that's that's certainly a, a, a reputation he's got to live up to. Like you said, we talked about a single person having such an impact in a single season at Celtic. Ange is certainly on his way to, to if not completely emulating it, going a, a long way towards it. So it'll be interesting to see how it turns out. But yeah, as we said last week, our thoughts are with the Janssen family on their loss um, and a big loss to world football. Um, thank you, Jim, for joining me today. Thank you, everybody, in the comments. And thank you, Paul John. You should do this again. You've been very good. I've yeah, you're pretty good. I yeah. pretty good. I am there. If, if invited, if invited, if selected. Yeah, no, I think I think you've got a future no, in this I, game, yeah, that's yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. If he keeps um, his head down, doesn't do it silly, uh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't well. did fought any, out with anyone on social media, etc. Yeah, I'll try my best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've all been there. <laughs> Bright future, yes. Keep it going, son. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Uh, don't forget, there's lots of content up on the channel to watch. The Alan Thompson interview is unmissable. If you haven't seen it, get that watched, get subscribed, and turn the notifications on for future content, which is coming down the pike, I am well assured. And we'll see you again on Sunday for the match coverage. Paul, Jim, thanks very much. See you all very soon. Cheers, Laura. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.